candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. Break it down with me. I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. The internationally ignored Riverdale recap podcast. Fuckers. And we are here to talk about Chapter 74, Wicked Little Town by Tessa Lee Williams, directed by Antonio Negret. We're back, baby! Yes, we are. Uh, It's been a long time. It's been even longer than expected. Uh, The the show hit a one-week delay. Yes. uh, And it's about to hit future delays because shooting has not been happening. Life. You know. Things. You know, things. Things going on in the world in case you're not, I don't know, paying attention. But it's here today, and so we're going to talk about it. This is the long-anticipated musical episode featuring the songs of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, featuring nearly every single song. They really crammed it in. We'll just talk about it. So let's We'll start. just talk about it. The, the show starts with Jughead sitting alone, narrating as always, and the first lines are, it was over. So congratulations, I get my Wednesdays back, I can sleep in, it's fine, don't got to worry about this no more. It's, 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 we're here. It's over. Yeah. Uh, the evils of Stonewall oh, that's have been what, vanquished. That's what's over. Uh, and life has picked up where it left off. Uh, which is when Jughead immediately sees a videotape on the front porch. Mm-hmm. We are going back to the videotapes. <laughs> we are not leaving anything left. We are going back <laughs> to a plot point that we thought we were going to ignore. You know, it's been a long time since Halloween. This is apparently set in the present, or I guess set one week ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so uh, that is when uh, picks it up and he says, Riverdale is a wicked little town. And then immediately launches into Wicked Little Town, one of the signature songs of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes. Again, listen to that past past episode. You'll know everything you need to know. Uh, And this is very interesting because, like, if you remember from past musical episodes, Cole Sprouse, not a big fan of singing. No. He, and he, he starts the freaking show. He refused to do it the first time. Yes. He uh, agreed to do one song last year. Yeah. And he might be the most featured singer in this episode. He's like top three, at least. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Times have a changed. It is also a show that he, Cole Sprouse, uh, uh, is apparently a, a great fan of. That might help. I think that helps. Yeah. Probably helps. Um, and so we get Wicked Little Town, and it is a montage of every single person singing it yes. while sitting down and watching the latest round of tapes mm-hmm. that and have been left. They're all lamenting just how how wicked, how yeah, how wicked town, how life can be in Riverdale. Uh, Archie sounds pretty sleepy in his first. Yeah, line. not good. I, I would have maybe done a few more takes on the very first line. Like he, he's got some good moments. Spoiler. But a bad introduction. There's quite a few moments where I'm like, that's the take you went with throughout a lot of this episode. Much more than past musical episodes. Yeah, if we wanted to do a quick ranking, uh, Heather's the best musical performances, the best vocal performances from the cast. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Seems a little rushed, this one. (laughs) So yeah, so we we see Jughead, and then we see Archie, and there's Veronica with her family, and there's Tony and Cheryl and Nana. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a huge crowd at Pops. It's uh, the the Keller boys and a bunch of the other guys from school. And and Fangs and Sweet Pea and and Pop. Uh, And then we're at like the, the... Jones Cooper household and the whole family's there, including mm-hmm. Jelly Bean. Jelly Bean's alive. 
Still going. Also, some, something that this show does a lot with the songs that it has to, just by the nature of it, is turns a lot of them into group numbers when they were never meant to be. Yes. And adds a lot of multi-part harmonies when usually when they're all written for solo singers with yeah. a backup singer. Yeah. So some of these songs just sound completely like foreign to themselves. Yeah. But I think there's interesting characterization in the, the quality of harmony in the different bits of this song. Yes. I, I like how the Jones Cooper household sounds like a, a family campfire sing-along. Yeah. While the, the lodges, Veronica's parents, uh, just take a line to themselves and they have a very practiced uh, har- harmony. Yeah. Know? Like, I think I think this one works the best mm-hmm. for that concept. Like, yeah, there, there's character in it. It yes. communicates the vibe of the family. Yeah. I think it allows for a little bit more of like... For things to be their own mm-hmm. compared to some of the other ones. And and they do, you know, a little uh, lyric changing, mm-hmm. uh, such as we get, and Riverdale, it ain't the spot. Rather than Junction City. Yeah. Yeah. And the song with Jughead hugging Betty. Yes. And his voiceover is, no one slept that night. <laughs> you know why. You know why. Sex. No, they were terrified. They were terrified of the videographer. No, nothing makes you want to get horny more than terror you know current times have sort of borne you out nothing makes you want to get horny more than being stuck at home and also terror the next morning mm-hmm. uh, veronica is is ripping in to hiram because he's still home and eating his breakfast and he has a doctor's appointment so he goes to the gym instead oh and he almost kills himself by dropping <laughs> You know, weights on him yeah, without he, a spotter. He's bench pressing without a spotter. So it's a good thing that Archie is really attentive to the people working out at his gym. Yes. Because he lost all the kids, I guess. They didn't come back after he was accused of murder. No, now now he's selling <laughs> memberships. His only customer is Hiram Lodge. And so he saves Hiram's ass mm-hmm. and is all like, you know, maybe maybe you should uh, ease up considering your condition. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, and he's still playing it off like, I have no idea what you might be talking about, Archie. But like the ambient ambiguity is wavering well especially when he's like well if i did you don't need to discuss any of this with my daughter exactly like okay there goes my pet theory he does know he's sick or maybe he believes he's sick yeah 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 the conspiracy is that deep and he's very like you get my meaning archie i will stab you Mm -hmm. he's done it before or at least tried really hard yeah Jughead is with Betty, and Betty has gone and talked to all of his, like, teachers and the entire school to, like, set him up with a plan to to finish high school and be able to graduate on time. Not just a plan, but a three-inch thick D-ring binder. That is color-coded with an index. It has an index! Uh, and so but, she start- but it's sort of multiple choice. Yeah, like, it's like you can do a research paper on the Salem Witch Trials. Or, or on the Trail of Tears. And he does not want to do the Trail of Tears because Jughead cannot face the legacy of white supremacy, Jughead. You stand on occupied land. I'm not going to lie. Salem Witch Trials is a little more fun. <laughs> Trail of Tears. Very serious and upsetting. Face your historical <laughs> crimes, Jones. What happened to Tony's grandpa? That's also why he doesn't want to do the Trail of Tears, because Grandpa died and will come haunt him. <laughs> Not so worried about the witches over in Greendale. Yeah. They're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's the thing. He's going to call up his best buddy, Sabrina, and be mm-hmm. like, hey, tell me about your family. Yeah, I'm supposed to do something about your cat? I'm a little confused. <laughs> so Jughead's very like, Yo, is it even worth it? Can I get, like, catch up? Can I do all this? You know, Betty's all like, you're going to graduate with me. you got to do it. Pep talk. Mm-hmm. 
And then Jughead goes and sees his, his half-brother, half Charles. His half-brother, who is his girlfriend's half-brother. Yeah. And is like, you know, I uh, need to stimulate my brain. What, what he says is that he's so darn busy, he needs a part-time volunteer job. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know how it goes. Stimulate your brain. Do you want, like, a taser? <laughs> no. Do you want some confiscated drugs? Yeah. Do you want this stack of highlights for children? <laughs> I've only done half of the Can You Spot the Difference. The other half is for you. Sometimes those are very hard. Yeah, right? Especially when you're eye doctor and your like, eyes are dilated. Those are really <laughs> hard. You can't focus. I usually try and fail to read ESPN magazine when my eyes are dilated at the optometrist. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Well, you're not used to it. You don't know how to like handle dilation. It's true. It's true. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry you get dilated so often. Not anymore. I pay for the upgrade. Take a photo of my eyeball. Send me a picture or a copy. Make it my background on my computer. That would actually be really cool. I'd like to do that next time. Like, can can you send me a copy? Thanks. And so Charles does not give him some confiscated cocaine. No, no, no. no. He is not that good of a half-brother. He gives him uh, the tapes. The tapes that he is reviewing from the latest leaving of the tapes. Yeah, the tapes that are still just people's front stoops. Stationary. Yes. You can review these tapes in fast forward. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> because you might miss a little something. <laughs> and so uh, Jughead takes a whole big box and he's like, hey, don't tell Betty about this. And uh, Charles agrees to sort of a don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah. He, he won't offer it up, but if he gets directly asked, he's going to come clean to his sister. And that is acceptable. Yeah. Back at school, Kevin takes the latest sign-up sheet from the Variety Show. Mm -hmm. A touch I appreciate is that the sign-up sheet flyer he has is the exact sign-up sheet flyer that was the the original promo image yes. for this episode back in January. Yes. Very good. Or Honey's like, okay, this is great. Uh, you can't do Hedwig. Not going to prove that one. Kevin is immediately incensed, and he has this whole presentation well, that I feel like he was rehearsing in his mind all day. Well, my favorite thing is he's like, it was on Broadway. <laughs> You know, Broadway, where only good things and, and tasteful things exist. And Principal Honey's instantly like, we'll do something from Oklahoma. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> no Oklahoma. Does he uh, mention Oklahoma or just another musical? No, he mentions two musicals, one of which was Oklahoma. Okay. I did not hear what the other one was, but he does mention Oklahoma. And yeah, so Kevin like goes off mm -hmm. about how no Hedwig, you know, celebrates identities and genders Gender. and it's not fringe it is you know it, it speaks to the beating soul of a generation that, that has been trod upon and and, and hit uh, by crisis after crisis which is very relevant for right now and even more relevant in riverdale <laughs> yes but... serial killer after serial killer <laughs> is weighing down my my age cohort keeps going off with a very yeah. big speech and he's like you know people are not numbers we are generation z he says it he says that and he hits his boombox <laughs> and goes right into random number generation the song that has never technically been part of the story of hedwig and the angry inch and we really did not think was gonna happen that was like the first one we're like nope well, that song's not gonna make it they the did show. this to spite me they're just trying to tank my prediction average and i will not have this yeah so he, he he starts to sing it and goes through the hallway. And Where then, everyone is suddenly wearing number t-shirts and goes into choreography in the middle of their classroom. 
he starts in the hallway and he joins his classroom. Right. And then they go back in the hallway again. Yes. Yeah. So he There's he, only two places in a school, hallway and classroom. Yes. So he he goes through the hallway and then he goes into the classroom where every other person is wearing a numbered shirt. Mhm. All joining in song, dance, uh getting up on the tables, get to their lockers, throw out garbage everywhere. Lots they, of streamers. They are going hard hard into unabashed musical territory. Yes. There there is no hedging. There there is no justification for why people are doing songs and dances. No. Like they aren't even rehearsing Hedwig numbers. There's no reason for anyone but Kevin to know this song. Yes. And my <laughs> favorite thing is Mr. Honey's face during all this. Right. He's like, just so like, what the fuck? Like they they have been uh, again, to, to compare the three, just like turning up the, the actual fucking musical dial every time yeah. from uh, uh, from Carrie to Heather's to now Hedwig. And now it is like all in the red. It's yeah. just a musical. It's, and I love it. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. They're like, we're just doing the song. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need a reason why other than this character's pissed. Mm-hmm. But after the song ends, the trash remains. There is still a holdover from the heightened uh, hyper-reality of the musical number. Which I kind of love. Right? <laughs> I kind of love it. And, well, and so it ends. And that's and not true every time. There are a lot of songs that have, like, fantasy bits in the middle yeah. of the performance later on. But this one, like, it's, it bleeds the fabric yeah. of reality. Yeah. they. The song also ends by, like... Everyone like lifting up Kevin and carrying him and plopping him down in front of Mr. Honey. Mm -hmm. And he's, and Kevin's all like, you know, that's why Hedwig's a perfect fit. And Honey's like, we'll pick another song or get out. (laughs) Don't give a fuck. And so they go off in their own directions. And then Archie, who was in the hallway, now comes out of his classroom in regular clothes, <laughs> mm-hmm. through all the streamers on the floor. Right. Yeah. The, the costume change, not real. The trash, real. Don't worry about it. Uh, and he uh, goes to the variety show sign up mm-hmm. and signs up as under the Archie's Perform- garage band. Yes. Um, and has like the biggest smirk. He's so proud. Yeah, because he just taught himself that app. He's really excited to do a demo for everybody. Oh. How to use garage band on their Mac. I thought it's because he learned how to spell his name. Oh. <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> so uh, then we go to Archie uh, at home. He- he's playing his guitar. Mm-hmm. And the power shuts off, and we go into a song from Rent. No, we don't. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> but I was waiting for it. He also breaks a string. He has oh, to go, is that what it is? Yeah. I thought, like, the power went out or something. That's what the closed captioning said, and they're wrong. That is the sound of a, a string breaking on, ele- on an electric guitar. And so he has to go and find string, some strings. A string breaking on an electric guitar kind of sounds like an amp going out because it of does. power. Right, yeah. It's very similar. Uh, so, that I shortly turned off the closed caption after that because it was getting in the way. <laughs> and I noticed that other things were wrong. They're doing their best. <laughs> no, they're not. They could do better. I luckily can hear, so I know it's wrong. Other people don't. <laughs> but um, anyhow, he knows right where to find some strings. And it's sad because he takes out his dad's well, guitar case. So he has to go into the garage first. Right. Which it seems like he doesn't do that often because he like pauses over the jalopy. Right. And like strokes it and Mm -hmm. just kind of stares at it longingly Mm -hmm. and then he pulls out his dad's guitar case which has a sticker that says the fred heads Uh and it's very sad it's very emotional if he wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps so closely he should have named the band the archie starchies archie starchies yeah Yeah. something to that effect archie's abs (laughs) Eh, it doesn't rhyme no (laughs) archie's abbeys Yep, that's how rhymes work. You found one. Good job. <laughs> well, he would call them his abbeys. <laughs> My little abbeys. Look at them. 
Uh, and so he, I'm just happy that the Fredheads made merch. It seems they're a lot more successful than they, I gave them credit for. They made stickers. I haven't made stickers. No, but like it's easy to. <laughs> okay, maybe we should make some stickers. <laughs> he he pulls out the guitar and mm-hmm. he kind of strums it, and there's this, this moment. It's a moment. Yeah. Um, this guitar that he's never seen his father play. It's less of a moment than the car, honestly, but like you get what they're going for. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, back at school, uh, Fangs comes in on Kevin. In the music room. In the music room. And bow chicka bow wow. Kevin's like, well, I'm singing, oh, what a beautiful morning. <laughs> and. Kevin, I know you're disappointed, but I would give anything to sing, oh, what a beautiful morning in front of between eight and 400 students. However large your school is today. I wouldn't. <laughs> but there's a bright golden haze on the meta. I don't like Oklahoma. <laughs> I, I have a thing against Oklahoma. So you're just a girl who can say no to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Kevin should have played his cards a, a bit more aggressively. If he's not allowed to do the song he wants, he should just do a tickle demonstration. Yeah. Yeah. See how uh, Mr. Honey likes that. I'm, I All I can think is that there's a lot of other songs. He'd be like, <laughs> okay, I'll do one from a different musical. Do uh, I Am What I Am from Lacage. That would work. That would be huge. I was thinking he could go full on MC from Cabaret. Yes. Especially very like Alan Cumming MC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Suspenders in the crotch. We all know about the suspenders in the crotch. There's one person out there who's Googling this right now. Okay, picture Alan Cumming. Now put on suspenders and he has a crotch. <laughs> I didn't say it made his crotch. I said he was in it. Oh yeah, his crotch was in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> about, about Alan Cumming's yeah. crotch? About Alan Cumming, apparently he's auctioning off his Nightcrawler teeth for charity. (laughs) Saw this on Instagram, and I'm like, that's so weird. Who bids on that shit? Like, I want this thing. It's like making out with Alan Cumming, if you think about it. Some weirdo is going to shove that in their mouth with that thought. And you know what? I would burn those teeth. I would not be auctioning that shit off Alan Cumming. That's gross. Because people are going to be weird. Things gives... Kevin a pep talk that if he yes. wants to do Hedwig, he should do Hedwig. Yeah, and he shouldn't, fuck him up. He shouldn't wait to do it. He should go rogue. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm sure we're going to talk about more and more as the episode goes on is how we were expecting this to be a very Kevin-forward episode. This is the Kevin-centric episode we've been waiting for for four mm-hmm. seasons. It's not. <laughs> um. So we get it for about like five more minutes, and then we're like, forget Kevin. And you know what I'm like? Fuck you! But you know who is the hero of this episode? Fangs Fogarty. Fangs does not get a whole lot of screen time. Fangs Fang gets very little screen time, but, but when he gets it, it is good. Every moment the camera is on him is a highlight of the whole damn episode, and he does play the hero, even with a, you know, in mathematical terms, small role. Yes. This is a Fangs episode. I, lo- I love I love Fangs' role in this. Yes. I want more. Sweet Pea has some great moments, too. I don't know if he has any speaking parts, but he has great shots. Yes. I'm just going to say it now. The reason I have a drink right now <laughs> is because as this episode goes on. Kevin's about to disappear. I'm going to get angrier and angrier about it. That's a big reason why. Especially towards the end. Fun fact. First time we've ever drank during this show. <laughs> Everyone thinks we do. We don't. No, you're, you're just sleepy. I'm That's, usually just tired. Yeah. <laughs> or sick. Betty and, and Jughead are together. Mm-hmm. And Betty's like, you know, I support you. I think you're a great writer. But your paper sucks. It sucks chunks it's so bad yep it's like okay well maybe you know i should just like go offline go to the sex hole mm-hmm. 
I'll work on my homework there. You know, that place where I was locked up pretending to be dead and slowly went mad. Yeah, I just want to revisit that place. Absolutely. Yeah. Not going to take this box of tapes with me, no. I'm actually taking the box of tapes with me. He's a mystery addict. This is Jughead's plot in this episode. He's a mystery addict. He doesn't need cocaine. He needs his hit of crime. It's his seven frames per second solution. Yes. Uh, So uh, the gang is in the student lounge. Archie comes in and he's like, guys, sorry I didn't tell you before I did it, but I I signed us up for the variety show as a band. (laughs) Uh, Veronica has never played an instrument in her life that we've seen. Oh, wait. No. Veronica played keyboard keyboard, for the... That makes me angry, actually. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but Betty's never played an instrument in her life that we know of. She probably played, like, violin or something She probably... Yeah, I I bet. She seems the type. Or, like, clarinet. Yeah, oh my god. She was probably in a school marching band. Can you imagine Alice making her practice clarinet when she had her big old braces in Uh middle school marching band? Yeah. That's my Betty Cooper right there. Yeah. Jughead's very like, oh, I don't know if I can, like, gotta do my homework or, like, my girlfriend over there is gonna kill me. She's all like, no, you can take time off. This this seems fun and important. Mm-hmm. This is part of senior year. You should do a senior year fun thing. Yeah. Be in a garage band with all of your favorite people. Yes. Uh, and so they're like, you know, does this band have a name? <laughs> and Archie gets the most ridiculous face. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, well, 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 I named it uh, The Archie's. Jughead is not too pleased. <laughs> like, he gives them some good-natured ribbing. Was me, me, me taken? I mean, me first and the gimme gimmies is taken. That would have been a better <laughs> joke, but... <laughs> yeah, awful name. Oh. Could have asked. Yeah, awful name to sign up unknowingly. Like, yeah. if they had had this conversation before, but he comes off like the biggest asshole. Yes. Like, oh, okay, so you signed us all up without asking us. You've named it after yourself. <laughs> Uh, are we getting paid? (laughs) Yeah. So then over the school intercom, Mm -hmm. we get Kevin. He does the introduction to the introducing number. Yes. All you know, what's up, Riverdale? You trying to tear me down? Exactly. And he is sitting on the desk in the school office with Miss Bell behind him, totally freaked out. Have we ever really spoken about Miss Bell? No. I feel like we should take a moment to speak about Miss Bell, uh, who is... Clearly the the embodiment of the principal secretary archetype in teen films. Yes. She is the latest incarnation. Uh, She's more on the severe side, more on the bewildered side than, you know, your dotty ones, like, say, Grease. Yes. You know? She's a bit more, like, put together. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What are these children up to? Just always a little confused and bemused, constantly. Especially when Kevin is sitting there (laughs) in his... Uh, denim just jumpsuit. Head to toe with, denim. Denim and wings, fishnets, yes. With the wings. Denim and, wings. And, yeah, so he's he's got there, he's got the mic, uh, and he's like, get your asses to the music room. And performs Tear Me Down. Yes. This is a great scene. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's, it's pretty, pretty it's fun. Like, he's got the costume, his band is made up of Tony on drums, and Fangs and Sweet Pea in the best costumes ever as yeah. his guitar players. They're all in animal print, and they look like sexy Flintstones. I love it. They're, they're the sexy Flintstones. I love it. And, like, everyone's in there, and it's hopping, and, like, everyone's just having a great time, cheering Kevin on. 
Kevin goes into the audience and like lays a big one on Archie. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love is Archie's smile is yeah. a KJ Apa smile. Yes. It's not an Archie smile. It is it makes me wonder if it wasn't like scripted. Oh, if it's something oh, that that could be yeah. that uh, Casey Just, like improvised mm-hmm. because it's very much the way KJ Apa like laughs in like interviews <laughs> yeah, yeah, when yeah. he's with them and yeah. they like really catch him off guard. It's what it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, essentially Kevin declaring war on Principal Honey yes. for his censorship yes. and Principal Honey follows the noise and he sees this disturbance and come on, like you haven't seen worse things in the music room. It's the music room. It's practically a sex hole. There, There is no, like, no underage teacher relationships. You should take what you can fucking get, Principal Honey. You need to send that tuba to a crime lab. <laughs> yeah. No one uses the, like, music room instruments. <laughs> it's the moment for Kevin that I thought would be this wonderful lead up to more of what we were going to get. Mm-hmm. Little did I know. This is his capstone it's his moment. moment. Yeah. It's his moment. Yeah. Uh, that's practically a wrap on Kevin. We'll see you, uh, uh, for a little bit at the very end. Uh, big round of applause for Casey, everybody. Great well, job. Well, is like the next scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Principal Honey's very upset. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, comes in and pulls the plug. Yes, he pulls the plug. The amp dies. The, uh... The mic drops. And then causes feedback. What the fuck? It's a dead amp. Uh-uh. It's unplugged. There's no power. That's fucking bullshit. What you don't know. Okay, he pulled two plugs. Okay. One was a lamp. Okay. The other one was like one of the amps. They couldn't plug both <laughs> amps into the same side because it was like blowing the fuse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like the other amp was still going, which was the mic amp. And nobody knows how to change the fuses since Svensson died. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. This, this school is held together with chewing gum. Yeah. I mean, the only person that even knows where the fuse box is is Jughead. <laughs> because it, he lived under the stairs. It's his crash pad. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, Mr. Honey is auditioning for the guy who shuts down a teen center in, in the 80s movies. Yeah. They're even trying to fight back with a variety show. Like, come on. But this was, it was the band mm-hmm. I needed. Yes. It's what, it's that, ugh, it was good. Also, it was the feeling. Also, there's a moment where Principal Honey is like framed, staring like barrel down the camera, and he's got this perfect Clark Kent look. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I have thought that right, yeah, all along. Yeah. Uh, so the next scene is a sleepover. Yes. With Betty, Veronica, Cheryl, Tony, and, and Kevin. Kevin. And I would like it to be known that the girls are snacking on gummy bears. They're uh, snacking on gummy bears. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> They're going to order some Little Cicero pizza. Ah, yes, Little Cicero's. I love their warm and available pizzas. So uh, the girls are having a great time, but Kevin is is pretty down. Mm -hmm. What he says is, no, he felt like he was Hedwig. He was connecting with old Kevin, pre-farm Kevin. Before all the brainwashing. Yes. And before he lost a kidney. Yes. We we don't talk about (laughs) Kevin missing a kidney. No. He's really got to watch his diet or that's going to cause some problems That's why he's not eating the gummy baron. Ah, I see. Yeah. The gummy baron. (laughs) You know, he's like, Mr. Honey took that away. He took away this thing I was getting back and it's like, I don't matter. Mm -hmm. And uh, Betty's going to cheer him up. Yeah. uh, Talking about, Playing dress up. What makes her happy. Which is Wig in a Box. Yeah. We, We're going to sing Wig in a Box, which I totally called Wig in a Box this. number. I called this. Mm-hmm. I said it was going to be this. 
Uh, so yeah, the, he insists that you know I you know I, I see what you're doing, Betty. I get it, but I don't think a, a dress up montage uh-uh. is gonna help. But Cheryl has the world's most powerful montages. A makeover montage. Yes. Yes. Uh, do, do not doubt the power of Cheryl's yes, montage. Yes, because then Cheryl and and Veronica jump in, mm-hmm. and you know a wig just appears because it is Betty's room. We got wigs. Um, <laughs> And and they they put it on Kevin and mm-hmm. verse by verse they do most of the entire song yes but this this is a fun one because uh, verse to verse it changes venue we yeah. start in Betty's room and finish but uh, in the middle we we go to Cheryl and Tony's room yeah and then uh, Veronica's room as well I assume it's Veronica's room it's, it's like a really fancy like yeah, party it, atmosphere Veronica's we've seen room. it it's Veronica's room okay. Um, what I like is they do some of the fun, some fun um, imagery in this, mm-hmm. which fits with the song of like they they have like Kevin at the vanity because all these girls got a vanity and well it's Betty's vanity which is actually yeah fixed. yeah but they all hold like little handheld mir- mirrors up and you can see their faces singing mm-hmm. within those mirrors that was and, a fun shot yeah. I like that. like when they're at Cheryl and Tony's they're all doing like this arm dancing on the bed yes yes. Um, also, in Cheryl's place, I have to shout out, I don't know if we've mentioned it before. The fucking giant her bear. Her gigantic teddy bear. I think we have. This is, this is not new to the show, but it doesn't show up enough. I, I want I want this man-sized bear to be the new singing bass. I want it in every single episode. Here's, here's the thing, is I'm pretty sure that's the bear you can order from Costco. Yes, it is. It is like exactly the bear from Costco. And, and I want deadly dramatic scenes to play out between two people in profile with the bear between them just like the singing bass please Mm -hmm, please give mm -hmm. it to me i want their home to burn down again and i want us to zoom in on the burning bear the the flames reflected in its button eyes as it's just slowly catching on fire and and then like (laughs) afterwards when they go inspect the rubble it's like this corpse of a bear and then the bear stands up and runs into the woods And then when they're, so when they're at um, Veronica's, it's like, they all have these colorful wigs on, it's a pillow fight. Of course And there's it's a like colored fight. feathers everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then they like collapse down and they're back on like Betty's bed, all like kind of laying back on it. And I'm pretty sure some of the colored feathers are on that bed. I think that's another <laughs> one of those moments yeah, that yeah, like yeah. lingers, which I like. So then uh, afterwards, Betty's like, okay, well, what about this? What if we all perform songs from Hedwig? You know, he can't, like, say no to everyone doing it. Like, mm-hmm. this will be our protest. And Cheryl plans to, to present this to Principal Honey as she's both student body president and head of Riverdale High's LGBTQIA plus alliance. Yes. And I believe their entire membership is already in this room? I think so. I think so. Um, there, there are other gay or bi students, but not the ones that I would ever imagine being in an alliance run by Cheryl Blossom. Right? <laughs> right. Um, but she promises to sit down with Principal Humbug. <laughs> and so they do. Uh, the next day, Cheryl and other cheerleaders, not dressed up in cheerleader uniforms, but Pop's waitress car wash uniforms. Yeah, the, the t-shirts that first showed up in the uh, fundraising event way back in season one, I believe. That were, there's Early a lot season of two? in this episode. Yeah. Principal Honey's just trying to enjoy some coffee. Right? And they just invade him. It's, and that's Cheryl. She's like, this is what we're going to do. Allow us to demonstrate how great Hedwig is and why you should allow it. Mm-hmm. And she it's, nods to Pop. 
Oh. One thing she says is it's not niche. There's something in it for everybody. You know, let me show you what I mean or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Pop Tate punches the buttons. And I do believe I do believe these songs are in the jukebox. That I buy. Uh, and they sing Sugar Daddy, mm-hmm. which I believe I predicted would be a Cheryl Tony song. Yeah, I thought it would have something to do with their sugar-based businesses. Yes. But no, instead, the message of this number seems to be, this is appropriate for school because ladies can make straight boys horny with it. You know, the the very appropriate thing you want in your school. And uh, what? what? His, his big, like, his, like, closing line in the, the early episode scene to Kevin is that, okay, it's from a movie, but it's an R-rated movie. You can't show those in school. Yeah. They're doing an R-rated thing. Well, PG-13, but still. You are just spit on me so much <laughs> during all of that. Like, it was showering over here. That's another reason we usually don't have beverages. <laughs> You don't have any in your mouth right now. Shouldn't the mustache, like, help keep the saliva in? Maybe it's bringing it out. Uh, but exactly what he says afterwards is like, did you even listen to the lyrics you say? <laughs> That's incredibly sexual. Like, you've proved my point. <laughs> no. I do like the original arrangement this song has. It, it adds a horn section to the song, which I think, is a, I think is a lot of fun. Not quite, but there is a horn section. <laughs> Because it's horny. I could not skank to this, despite how hard Cheryl is trying to skank to this. (laughs) Took you a second, huh? Yeah. I just had a set in. (laughs) So I'm just thinking about, like, skank should be a dance move, specifically. It is. It is? Yes. You skank to ska. That's the joke. But I mean, like, there should be, like, a specific dance move that, like, when you're in a dance class and, like... Okay, tondu and skank. <laughs> pirouette, skank. What'd you call me? <laughs> a pirouette? Yeah, I thought you called me a pirouette. You just spit on me again. <laughs> it's these plosives. Stop spitting on me. Look at the mic when you talk, not me. Something else I uh, made a note of in this uh, is I really enjoy musical episodes because they bring in dancers to, to you know, fill out the backgrounds. Uh-huh. And it's fun to see new students I've never noticed before <laughs> right? in the background. That's fun. I, I like know. that. Oh, who are these people? I bet you've got a story. I want to know how you're doing in class. Yeah. How close were you to Midge? So after they're done, Cheryl uh, calls Principal Honey out for being queerphobic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony threatens him with, you know, what are you going to do? We're all going to change our numbers. And he's like, okay, fine. Any student who sings Hedwig uh, doesn't get us to go to senior prom. Boom. I'm the principal, bitches. Yeah. As you say, Miss Blossom, toodles. And that takes the wind right out of their sails. They're like, we didn't think about this. I'm like, this episode is just full of things where they didn't think about it. (laughs) And they're just very surprised by a principal having authority. Wait a minute. You mean there's institutional power? What? What? Um, I would like to know where the new cheer teacher is. Is she still locked in (laughs) that room? She chewed her own foot off. Did she die? It didn't help. But she did chew her own foot off nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, over at the center, Archie is working out, and mm-hmm. his phone is buzzing with the sound that a 1908 apartment complex buzzes when someone's at your front door. I was thinking tattoo needle. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking like all our friends who live in really old apartment buildings <laughs> up on the north side of Chicago, and yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> that is the sound his phone is making on a stool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, all the sound budget went into <laughs> the music. So what, did someone just record their 
buzzer? There was nothing left for Foley. It all went into the music recording. Uh, and so he, he finally, like, stops working out to look at it. And he has a lot of te- text messages from Veronica sending SOS. Oh, right. There are serialized plots in this show, too. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he rushes to her side, and we find out that Hiram stumbled and... You know, doctor stuff. You know, and doctor stuff. This is when Archie, like, comes clean that, well, he ha- he's been working out. I don't think he's been going to the doctor as much. And Veronica blows the fuck up at him for concealing this. Well, especially when she finds out that he, like, this morning he had, like, or the his, whatever it was. His stumble. His yeah. stumble with the workout equipment. And mm-hmm. she's like, what the fuck? Why didn't you do anything? It's like, well, when Hiram Lodge tells you not to, you don't. Ronnie, he tried to have me killed eight separate times. And all of my family, so not going to do it. Yeah, he sent a copycat assassin to my house to kill my dad, looking like the guy that almost killed my dad. This is a moment when Archie is actually right. Right? And very smart. Right? And Veronica is in the wrong. But she gets very upset at him. Uh, And then we go to the bunker, the sex hole, where uh, Jughead is reviewing tapes. This is the first bad musical number. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Parts of it are okay. Speaking of parts, that's an important uh, uh, concept for this number. But it's not good. Don't like it. But it starts with an argument. Yeah, Uh, well, what what ensues? Betty comes to surprise Jughead, who's supposed mm -hmm. to be doing his homework, but he is reviewing the tapes and she catches him. This this is a betrayal. She went through so much work to try to put together this binder, this path to graduation. Mm-hmm. And he's shouting that I never asked you to do that. Blah blah blah. blah. What what future? What if we? Blah, 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 blah. And they 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 have their big fight, yes. uh, which is essentially the same big fight they had what eight episodes ago in the the salon room in Stonewall. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Their fights escalate. Mm-hmm. It turns into song. Yes. It turns into song. The, the moment where it switches is something that I think is an interesting idea that I sure would have loved some foreshadowing for. Jughead starts talking about his brain injury and how he, he came back as a different person. Like, and, yeah, like, you know, I, I basically died and that really does something to someone. Which I would have, like, even in this same episode, yeah. if there was some foreshadowing, if there was some buildup, if this wasn't just dropped on us out of nowhere, I, I would love like, to see Jughead having some motor difficulties of his own. Like, Jughead having mood swings besides the normal ones. Well, because they could have worked in it just being a straight up concussion. Yeah. Because, yeah, he didn't die from the blow, but he did get hit really hard with a freaking rock. He was... He was out for 36 hours. Yeah, like... Convalescing without medical attention. They could have brought that in as a thing. But, but yeah. Or something even, like, without... Like, if they would have expanded on it a bit more, and it's, like, the first time Betty's hearing about it or something. But he's like, no, I've been dealing with this. I don't mind it being the first time Betty's hearing about it. I mind it being the first time the viewer is is let in on this. It's just dropped out of nowhere. They could have worked that in so easily with that being, like, why Jughead is trying to avoid homework. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't have it in him. Yeah, he needs to do something else. And like, this is a distraction from the dizziness and the headaches and everything that comes with a concussion. He has to rework his fucking cognitive pathways. Yeah. The, the, he doesn't know how to write a thesis statement anymore. He has to figure out how to think again in that way. And quite frankly, that would be a much stronger thing than just he half-assed this paper <laughs> that Betty doesn't think is good. It would have been much better if he was like, no, that's really the best I can do right now because yeah. I am nauseous all the time from being hit on the head. Like, oh, there's so much they could have done. 
But they didn't. Instead, he just launches into a four-part version of Exquisite Corpse, which is mostly him shouting and throwing things. Then we cut to Archie shouting and throwing things about how upset he is at all the pressure and mixed signals he's getting from Veronica. And then uh, uh, in the, the softer, more lyrical parts of the song, they're split between Betty and Veronica responding to these accusations from their men. And, like, this number, it reminds me of, like, Okay, there, there are stories of actors being coached how to do Shakespeare. Like, you don't have to know what the words mean. You just have to know the mood and say it with this emotion and just repeat the sounds. Yeah. That's what this is. This has nothing to do with what the song is about. No. It's just a very angry song, and this is when the characters are angry. Yes. I would rather they didn't do the song and just had a yeah. fight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and when I said, like, it wasn't all bad, like, the one moment of the song, and it has nothing actually to do with, like course the meaning of it <laughs> but like when jughead and betty both sing together like at each other across the table yes it's actually a very like good moment mm -hmm. it, it's something that's so hyper real it's so beyond emotion that it really works yes but, but it's it in the middle of this mess yes that's i was like that moment i actually made it no i'm like oh that that part <laughs> that part good Mm -hmm. Rest of it, ew. I would love to see the bloopers from this scene. You know they have to exist. Oh my god. Because there is a one, you... one of the moments where Betty and Jughead are singing at each other. They're just hissing an extended <laughs> S sound right in their each other's face. And there's no way they did that with a straight face on the first try. No way. It, that probably took like 20 tries, to be honest. <laughs> like, there is no way. I bet there was like a moment where they're like, just look at each other. Don't even try to mouth. Just look at each other. You need to stop laughing. Mm -hmm. That ends with Betty and Veronica both leaving. Uh, so back at school, uh, Miss Bell comes in uh, to Mr. Honey and is like, I need to alert you over a situation in the hallway. <laughs> and Principal Honey's all like, so the games begin. Mm -hmm. Goes out there. And uh, everyone is dressed as Hedwig. Yes, yes. This is their big protest moment. Um, and It's a wig in. Reggie looks great. Everybody looks great. Everyone looks great. I just love that they got like Reggie in on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, I think honestly that that's like a wonderful little character moment for him. I bet it went like everybody else is doing it, Reggie. It's the cool thing to do. <laughs> you don't want it to be another thing where this is like you're not involved in the big senior thing. Yeah. Remember when Jughead pretended to die? You don't want to miss out again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reggie's still mad. It probably took some peer pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Kevin's like, you know, consider this a peaceful protest. Oh, Reggie does say something like. Oh, this is I'll Fangs. Was it Fangs? I believe it was Fangs. I thought it was Reggie. Uh, something about, though, I will weaponize these babies if I have to. Yes. I was Which, wondering what babies he's going to weaponize. I'm pretty sure he means his heels because it's right after a stomp. Yeah. But it is a little ambiguous. That's why I thought it was Reggie, though, because Reggie would threaten the principal. Yeah, but it's Fang standing up for his man. It's true. They're all in three-inch thick eyeshadow. It's a little hard to tell them apart. Well, like, you can tell Sweet Pea because Sweet Pea's gigantic. <laughs> Fangs and Reggie are both sitting next to each other, and they're the same height. I don't know. And uh, so they're all there, like, very proud, like, this is going to work. And Principal Honey's like, okay, variety show's canceled. Yeah. It, Bye. Institutional power. It is a thing. You have to account for this. And they're all shocked. They're right? all fucking shocked about he, this. He can just do that. Like, how much better? We're, we're going to talk about what their real, you know, solution to this problem is. Later, obviously, we recap the plot. It's going to happen. But how much better would it be if they broke into the school at 7 o'clock on Saturday or whenever it was supposed to be and they just did it in the school auditorium? 
why do they have to tell him what they're doing for the variety <laughs> show? Like, they all go off with their whole, like, this is, you know, yeah, we're doing the things we signed up for. And also Kevin's singing Oklahoma. And they're all like, fuck you. All our parents are here. We are singing these Hedwig songs. What are you going to do? Stop the show in front of everyone? If you do, they're all going to support us. Right? Yeah, yeah. Much better the, student protest. Have an audience that he can't say no in front of. The episode we wrote in our head and shared parts of in that last bonus episode it's fucking better. is better than this one. So much better. Why don't they hire us? <laughs> We're going to talk about Wicked Little Town Reprise, but I am so beat up that it isn't Mr. Honey's, you know, apology to Kevin right? realizing that he was wrong. That was me. That yeah. was my thing. Yeah. And I was like... It blew your mind. It yes. would have been amazing. But anyhow, variety show is canceled, and this is a problem because teens love reality. Because uh, teens love variety shows, can't get enough of them. Yeah. Lawrence Welk, the highest rated thing on the CW. Archie's in the garage. Betty shows up. Mm-hmm. He's all like, "Oh, I forgot to text you guys that uh, rehearsals canceled. Uh, Veronica and I had a fight." Mm-hmm. She's like, "It's okay. I had one too." <laughs> They have a little conversation about how, you know, he's like, I just I just wanted us to have fun. It's senior year. I just thought this would be a good way to spend time together. You know, when was the last time we had fun? And she's like, oh, when we ordered sea monkeys off the back of that comic book. Which was in first grade. He he also says they like peaked <laughs> when they peaked. And I'm like, probably Archie. All right. What serial killer came to town when you were in second grade? Come on. <laughs> come on. Tell us, Archie. Well, that's when Caramel died. Oh, <laughs> What if that's intentional? What the fuck? I would have so much respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then Archie talks about how, you know, when he saw the sign up, he just, you know, flashed back to freshman year when he was on the stage performing for that mm-hmm. first time and he froze and he saw his dad in the audience and then it was all okay. They're wringing a lot of Fred business out of this episode, honestly. Yeah. Didn't he die around this time last year? Oh, yeah. It's like close to the anniversary. Uh, Luke Perry passed away on March 4th. So it's very close. March 4th is also very close to when they stopped filming due to uh, uh, yeah. corona concerns. Well, and this episode was originally supposed to air on April 8th, which mm-hmm. would have been about a month mm-hmm. after the anniversary. So I wonder if that has something to do with it, too. Their plan of, like, it's around the time. It's a good time for Archie to reflect. Mm-hmm. But Betty, you know, continues with just, you know, yeah, he was always so happy to see you play. And they have a little moment about this. And she's like, but we we could still practice. We can still have fun together. And so he kicks up a song. uh, And he starts playing Origin of Love on his guitar, which, incidentally, was the song that he played the first few notes of and then broke his string earlier in the episode. Yes. Because this episode is so committed to the straight-up musical style, that when they do more diegetic songs, it seems kind of out of place, actually. Uh-huh. Like, you start to wonder, wait, how does how does Betty know this song? And then your brain has to catch up, like, oh, they agreed to do Hedwig songs for the variety show. Okay. <laughs> but if they just started belting out of nowhere, you wouldn't ask that question, because musical. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's the two of them in the garage, and then we go visit Veronica, who's at home, and she sings... The part where you were looking at me and suddenly Archie's face yes. just appears like floating in the air. <laughs> just a crossfade. Like a nice 1990s family portrait <laughs> where there's like the people and then some floating child head yeah. with a laser background. During during this song, I did have to make a note so that I wouldn't forget to, to shout out the real MVP of this uh, uh, episode. Co-MVPs between Fangs Fogarty and Stephen Trask. 
Because the songs, no matter how they use them, are just too good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, uh, uh, Veronica is singing to her boy from afar. Meanwhile, he is sort of cheating. I don't. I guess they didn't actually break up. They just had a fight. But then they aren't actually doing anything, Betty and Veronica, uh, Betty and Archie. They're, they they're do smooch. They're about we to smooch. We aren't there yet. Okay. Spoilers. Everybody saw the set photos. It's okay, smooching. Okay, but we aren't there yet. Okay. You jump ahead. We I, still got to talk about Jughead joining in. Adult beverage. <laughs> so uh, Jughead also starts singing and joins in in the sex hole with this. Um, he does not get a superimposed Betty head. Mm-hmm. Instead, he starts working on his homework. Yes. This, and he sings to his homework. He also shouts and, and like, throws tapes across the room. Be- and that's a feeling that I've been given by Steinbeck many times. Yeah. But, but this is actually the part in the episode where I made the note about how it's just, like, you take the, the broad emotion of the song and apply it to the emotion of the scene, even though they have nothing in common, right? The, yeah. The Shakespeare analogy I said earlier, because it's even worse in this moment. It's so, I don't... Specifically the Jughead part of this song. I don't like any of this. Right. <laughs> I don't like... Because this is like your favorite song from this, the show. This is tied, but yes, like, I would get a tattoo of this artwork. I right? would be yeah. one of those people. Yeah. I you love Origin alone. of Love. Yeah. Okay, you remember in Heather's how like, and it was still like showy. It was a showy thing. Like mm-hmm. she was in rehearsal. But like Veronica's, um, the boat song. Yeah, Lifeboat. Lifeboat. That song was just focused on her. Mm-hmm. It was just like that character, that moment, she's processing her stuff. Not a perfect thing. <laughs> like, it wasn't perfect. But this was a song where they really should have just let a character have this moment to sing this song. Mm-hmm. And not have it be this, like, this is happening here and this here and this. Like. I, I think this is where the cracks start to really show in that it seems like the mandate was to put in as much Hedwig as possible regardless of how it does and does not match what the characters are doing. Yes. Because also, th- you want to talk about something being all sewn up. Forget Exquisite Corpse. Look at Origin of Love. Yeah. They are jumping back and forth. They're cutting out parts. They're they're switching things around. The cutting out the parts and switching. It's very... It's so disorienting. It like, is- even not as someone... Like, I feel like it's got to be disorienting, even if you don't know the song. Because right. it's very... I mean, they did chop up multiple recordings. But it feels like someone did it who didn't know what the fuck they were doing like, in audio editing. It is a song written to be a storybook. Yeah. It tells a story from front to back. And, like, the plot is lost. And uh, so the allegory is lost. And the meaning is lost. And what you have is just emotion. You have these two are about to smooch. Oh no, they're singing about love while this person is singing about seeing a face she likes. Oh, there's the face hanging in the sky. And it's completely disconnected from anything. Yes. It's beautiful music though. It's just put to such inadequate use. Inadequate use. And and during this, when we go to Archie and Betty, there's all these flashback images to season one. Yes. Specifically Episode the homecoming one, dance. Yeah. It's they, it's strange. <laughs> that um, was 73 chapters ago. And of course, they kiss, which we all knew was going to happen. Because I said it we like three minutes ago. We all knew it ago. was coming. <laughs> I, I didn't look at like any, like, I saw yeah. a couple images. I didn't look at spoilers. But I knew from the way people were talking. From, I mean, from the previous episode and the one and before the previous that. Episode, like, yeah. you knew it was going there. That they were going to have there be conflict. They were going to smooch. I mean, people have been. It's so forced. People have been haranguing the show for years now how do you do a show about these characters without a love triangle without the 
defining love triangle of the 20th century. You can just do it. It's fine. Like, yeah, it, that that was the response. Of, well, you, can, you just can. You don't and, have to. And now here it is. It's back. Is, they addressed it at the beginning when the show started. Right. It's like, does anyone remember the first few episodes of season it one? It was like the through line of the first three episodes, basically. It was Betty and Archie had all this history and they dealt with it. There mm-hmm. was heartbreak. They moved on. Yeah. The love triangle type situation, it happened. Mm-hmm. And they all processed, it's okay. And We've moved on. We've grown. And I respect how many troubles that... Uh, um Jughead and Betty have faced in their relationship through this season. Yes. They have been having very serious disagreements. They've been having very serious problems. But that doesn't mean she just jumps into another guy's arms immediately. I don't know. That's not who Betty is. I'm, I'm going to try to remove my judgment and see how it gets dealt with in the next episode when we're in actual reality. I'm just going to judge. Instead of this musical dream world where, you know, things get kind of fudged, especially because we're trying to match things to music that doesn't actually fit what we're trying to match it to. I'm going to judge. Okay, that's also fair. Then we are in Betty's bedroom, Mm -hmm. and she's sitting there staring at some pictures on her vanity, which includes some of her uh, with Archie in the past. Mm -hmm. And Jughead comes in. I don't know if you caught it. He's wearing his old sweater. Yeah. That sweater that he wore a lot in season one. Yeah. That we haven't seen in a, in a long time. Like mm-hmm. the sweater and the um, white. Suspenders? Suspenders. That that was what he wore in the baby shower mm-hmm. scene. Like yeah. we haven't seen that. There's a few other they moments. They were so cute together in the baby shower episode. Yeah. I love the baby shower yeah. episode. It was when like it all came out about who his dad was and yeah. all this stuff. They can't get, uh, it makes me wonder, though, because there's a lot of throwbacks to season one. Like, I wish I remembered some more of the costuming, because mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, are other characters wearing stuff from right. season one? You that, know? That's going to be big in the next musical number as well. Well, yeah, but spoilers, you're jumping ahead. <laughs> so uh, Jughead is there um, with a fully researched paper on the Salem Witch Trials, mm-hmm. and he apologizes that he was in the wrong. He shouldn't have been ticked off about her trying to help him. And he's like, really sorry. On the other hand, remember that other time the two of them had a big fight and he spent the whole night with Tony and got all, he, he got to second base? Weren't they like not a thing though? In I'm that? just saying, I'm just throwing some ideas out into the world, seeing but, like, what happens. Weren't they like not actually dating? Are, are you saying they were on a break? I, I feel like there was something going on with their relationship at that point that <laughs> made it like not as awful. Mm-hmm. But uh, in any case, this is the scene where Jughead is like doing his duty and proving himself. Yes, you are right. And it just twists the knife that Betty is feeling in her back and that she kind of put there. I'm going to go work on my other essay. So you'll be proud of me. And meanwhile, we have a mirror of Veronica doing the same thing, apologizing to Archie, recognizing that, you know, he wasn't keeping secrets to hurt her. He was just trying to navigate a difficult situation. She brings, so, okay, another thing. She brings him a box of cupcakes. From Pops. From Pops. Which she owns. And she's like, I, you know, I couldn't get any from Magnolia. Didn't she bring Betty cupcakes to apologize Second or third one? episode, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's like her apology Magnolia thing, bu- is cupcakes. So many throwbacks. Also, Magnolia gets... It's its actual name. Did, did they pay? Because Little Caesars didn't. I think it's because they referred to it as a Magnolia in the first ep- or that, that first mm-hmm. thing. And that was before they really got into like these goofy names. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think that's why they had to keep it. But yeah, so he's, he's getting the same thing. 
and she's all like, oh, and I have more good news. Uh, Kevin had this idea. We're we're still going to have the variety show, but it's going to be at Le Bon Oui. Because of course it is. And we're all going to get up perform together. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she goes off because, you know, the show must go on even in our wicked little town. <laughs> you, you get it? Because we're fucking shoehorning all these songs in. Half the time they work. And so she leaves and Archie punches his punching bag really hard and punches turns so around bad. and he sees Betty at her window and he's at his window and they look at each other. And now it is time for Wicked Little Town reprise or Wicked Little Town Tommy Gnosis version. And so they, he starts singing to her and she sings back and then suddenly he is in her room and they are in their homecoming outfits yes, tuxi- from season one. His tuxedo, her pink dress. Hair down. Yes. And they are dancing with a disco ball in her room, singing this song, and we have all these flashes to season one homecoming. This whole number feels like the show showing their work, citing their sources for this love triangle. Like, look, look at Betty and Archie's history. It was mostly before the show started, but it's still real. It's always been there. Look at all these things from uh season or season one episodes one through three also you know no cosmic lovers pre-assigned huh huh you know hedwig the musical is very against the idea of endgame couples after all also look at how uh, much uh. better our hair and makeup person has gotten at dying archie's hair <laughs> it's such a more natural red now <laughs> seriously his hair was awful in season one it like glowed <laughs> It was also, like, so big. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. I don't know how closely you've been following the teens, dear, but there have been riots. It has been a nightmare out there ever since people, you know, found out that Archie and Betty would be kissing, that Betty would be a cheater. Oh, I know, because some of the, like... Things I follow on social media that are like some fun fan art things. People are releasing statements and shit. And I'm like, oh. And there's an element of this song that really does feel like, you know, trying to justify this plot idea they had that doesn't need to be justified. Teens are fucking teens. Like, it's a fucking show. But it it really feels like, you know, no, no, we we got receipts. Look, kids, look, look. Please stop yelling at everyone who has been a key grip on one or more episodes of this show. Well, and here's the thing. My note after this scene ends, because mm-hmm. then they like go back to their rooms and they finish their song. Where the hell is Kevin? Right? Exactly. Because here's the right. thing. I don't fucking care. Kevin just disappeared. Okay, I love my bughead. Yes. I am bughead till the end. I don't fucking care about this plot point happening because I know they're going to come back together and be stronger than ever and it'll be fine. And maybe they what don't. What I care about, or maybe they don't because it's like, you know what? You cheated and it's fine. We move on and life will be great. I fucking care about Kevin not getting his moment. Right? About him being overshadowed and completely forgotten after the first 20 minutes of the show. In what was meant to be, I mean... His shining moment. They keep saying, this is this is the moment for Kevin. Casey Cott shines in this. It is his thing. He sure he does here. in the first third. You got that right. Did he get a cold? <laughs> Could he not continue? What the fuck? Okay, like... This is what I'm pissed about, is where is he? Yeah, yeah. He just disappeared. He like, if floated into thin air. If you're gonna, Kevin, we're all going to support you and totally sideline you. If we're going to do all this stuff, these other plot points, fine. But you know what? Every three minutes, I need some Kevin. Yeah. Even should've... if it's just him and Fangs 
together sewing a costume and talking about like, man, I don't know what's going on with those guys, but like something seems up. Let's yeah. just keep putting sequins on shit. That's fine. Yeah, why not have Betty confide in her best friend, Kevin, about right? this moment she just had in her confused right. feelings? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe, like, make it even worse. And then, like, Jughead goes to him and be like, you know, I got really upset at Betty and I want to do something nice for yeah, her. Yeah, you like, as Betty's best friend. Yeah. Help, help me out. And Kevin's just like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Fangs, let me tell you about the shit. Because you know what? At least he'd be involved. <laughs> Because this is about Kevin. This is about the fact that he is being ignored. He straight up said, it's like, I don't matter. You know what? It seems that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck it all. This is why I needed a freaking drink. Uh, so does anything happen between now and Le Bonnui of, of importance? Because that's I my mean, next like, notes. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it is the night of the replacement variety show. Uh, and you know what makes me even matter? So Cheryl is like, okay, we're going to introduce our last act. And you're like, great. Kevin. It's going to be Kevin. Kevin's going to come out here. He's going to sing me some Midnight Radio. It's going to be great. Yes. Or he's going to sing. He's going to have his uh, fucking moment. Um, the Angry Inch something. Yeah, I'll the, care. the titular song. It's either going to be really emotional. Or it's going to be really like in your face. Either way, it's going to be Kevin. And she's like, no, first time ever. Here's the Archies. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> shit no to, and they sideline kevin even more by putting him on the fucking keyboard and he doesn't even sing a solo in this freaking thing he gets one phrase one phrase but he goes me that's it he's tucked into the background yeah and now i want to talk a little bit about comic book community so you can catch your breath <laughs> So the Archies. The Archies have been part of the Archie comics since the 1970s uh, uh, cartoon. Yes. And the lineup is Archie singing and guitar. Jughead drums. Betty, uh, uh, backup vocals and tambourine. Reggie on bass. Mm -hmm. And uh, Veronica on the keyboard and singing. Uh-huh. Half of that is true in this case. But for some reason, Veronica is just singing and has no... Uh, uh, instrument even though she's been shown playing the keyboard when she was part of uh jo pussycats. josie and the pussycats yeah when it was veronica and the pussycats Which, for a little while yes we we have seen kevin play the keyboard as well mm -hmm. but should my boy be sidelined fuck no i'm actually really excited about kevin being in the band rather than reggie for the riverdale yes. version of these characters it makes more sense i was glad why can't he fake the fucking bass <laughs> well i don't even mind that he's on keyboard okay <laughs> I like it that it's him and not Reggie. I don't care that he's on keyboard. We know Reggie plays the violin. So, like, he wouldn't fit in the band. Yeah. He and Betty have that in common. Kevin should have been front and center with Archie. This is yes, his we, freaking variety show. This is his protest. We now return you to your originally scheduled rant. Why wasn't Veronica over there in that corner? Mm -hmm. And why did he not get more of this song to sing with them? When, when this episode was announced, with its outline announced of, of this being... Uh, a, a big school-wide uh, middle finger to, to Principal Honey stifling Kevin's, you know, dreams. It falls into place immediately, immediately, that the big transcendent personal growth number would be Kevin's big closer to yes. himself, both in a character sense and the strongest singer in the cast uh -huh. with the most technically difficult song. Yes, and it would wrap up this whole thing, and then it would also be a great moment 
for Mr. Honey to support him and be like, yes, I was in the wrong. Mm -hmm. But no, we get none of that. Instead, they rearrange the song so that uh, uh, Archie can do the first few lines because even that stair climb was apparently a strain. Casey Cott can do that shit. He's right there. He's standing right there. Let him do it. And and what what transformative personal growth has anyone in this episode had? Nobody, because they didn't even give Kevin the chance, but they were at least setting the groundwork. They gave him, like, the first act of that arc. <sighs> it's just such a letdown. And then, okay, so then, like, they sing they sing this. They sing Main Night Radio. And, and they change the part where, like, they, they say all the names. The, the dedication. Here's to Patty and Tina and Yoko. So then, no, it's like, to Archie. And, and Ronnie jo- and Betty. And and pretty much every- Choni gets a shout out. They have yeah. to share one. The only good moment in this whole thing is uh, Fangs and Sweet Pea like singing to each other as bros. Yes. And Embracing. Reggie also like right there like, yeah, this is good. Again, Fangs is the hero of the episode. Yes. This is a Fangs episode in my heart. Fangs and Sweet Pea are just like jamming out in the audience. I'm like, yes, that is the one moment I needed. And then and then Kevin's like, and me! And like sings this really big note. And you're like, okay. Remember, the, remember Kevin? Remember the guy there. the episode was the, the, staged to be about? The one freaking line we give him. The fucking A plot was about him and he disappears for two thirds of the episode. He's back. Then it gets to like the the build mm-hmm. and they all like leave. Like they rush out and they go up onto the roof of Pops. And when I'm like, okay, this is the moment. Like Kevin's going to be front center. He's going to be belting gonna, the whole the, lift up your lift hands. Lift up your hands thing. No. It's the five of them all together. Also, it was very kind of the uh, audience to be so patient, to wait for them to get up on the roof, set up their equipment. Put uh, on their coats. Put on their coats. Light some candles so they can all wave candles outside. That that was a coincidence. There was another victim from a different serial killer <laughs> that we're not really following. The... the, the- the memorial, just the people just handed it off their just candles. Happened to be. There, I guess we'll go to the other parking lot now. Here you a, go. There's a different vigilant pops every week in this town. We don't actually see them all. <laughs> and so they like just finished the song "Normal" up there, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is the moment to let Kevin be front and center, or like Kevin could like he could put on a fucking jacket with this time. He could have <laughs> put on a freaking Hedwig costume and come out there as like yes, yes, yes. Something, something transformative could have happened. Even even if all five of them had put on like the big foam wigs from that, that movie scene where they're laying on all the, the tires. Right? Uh, yeah, so, something. Then we like scan the crowd and we see that Principal Honey's there, which should be a moment of like, he showed mm-hmm. up. What is he here for? Is he here to be like, oh, you Did- went against my, my plan or I'm here to support you? Is he moved? I mean, all we, we have to do is look at the actor's we- eyes. We get one second on his freaking face, so we can't even tell what yeah. the point of him being there is. Does anyone even notice he's there? We don't get that. I don't know what the point of it was. Such a promising first 20 minutes we this get, episode. We get longer on FP and Alice mm-hmm. than we do on Honey. Yeah, you know, or the antagonist. Kevin. Or Kevin. Or Kevin. <laughs> it's such bullshit. It's such a bad take. And then you think, okay. Inadequate. Inadequate. Okay, are we going to end with, like, a big final, like, rock number that focuses yeah. on Kevin? Maybe he busts it open now and we we're We finally all singing. get the, the angry itch, you know, the title song. Yeah. Or maybe it's, like, him going home and just being, like, really, like, enjoying this moment. There are two different takes you can take there. Yeah. A, a loud on Kevin or quiet on Kevin. Maybe something with his dad. No, no, no. Jughead we go to Jughead. In, in the, the sex hole. Okay. And he's looking at tapes again. Something finally happens Something on the tapes. Something finally freaking happens. I'm, 
If it had to be this, which it shouldn't have been, you're right. I'm glad the tapes are finally interesting. Yeah, well, I, I like what happens with the tape here. Yes, I like. it just, I just shouldn't have been here. Well, and we should have at least had that Kevin moment before mm-hmm. this. Right, yeah. It's just such a cut. It's like, oh, we ran out of time. We have to get this scene in. Yeah. Kevin doesn't matter again, guys. Guess what? Guess what? The tape, the tape is in the woods, and we see a person in Jughead's clothes, basically, with the S mm-hmm. and the jacket. But it, the person is wearing a uh, very comic book character yeah. Jughead mask. A, a rubber Halloween mask in the style of, again, the 70s cartoon yes. design of the character. Yes. Probably uh, a re- real mask that they released at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, who's just hanging there, looking dead on into the camera, and then has its brains bashed in by but, someone wearing a matching Betty rubber mask. And Betty clothing. And Betty clothes. And like... Not just hit once, but like bash, bam, bam, bash, bam, bash, bam. and then the Betty Squelching character noises. It's gross. Stares directly at the camera, I'm, holding the bloody rock. Not that they could blink. It is a rubber mask, after all. But yes. But like looking up <laughs> yeah, into it, yeah. making eye contact. Um, and Jughead is shook, and that's the end. Yeah, that's that's the end of the episode. So, darling, what did you think of Chapter Seventy Four, Wicked Little Town? You don't know by now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we we have a. We have a thing. We have a structure here. I've got to keep it going. There were a couple moments that I liked. Shall we say missed opportunities? Uh-huh. <laughs> From a, a structural foundational level. Yeah, I just... They set up so many things. Mm-hmm. And this whole point, the whole point of this whole episode and this whole variety show and this whole protest, they ignored. Like, they didn't do anything with it. Yes. Yes, they they completely buried the own the, their and, own premise, and it pisses me off because like all the social media stuff from the writers and you know Roberto and everything was like talking about it being the shining moment mm-hmm. for Casey, for Kevin, for Hedwig, and I'm like, you didn't Good. do it. Do you really think this was it? They showed up for the first half of the screening, and then you know it's very busy. Part of it's like okay. It kind of seems like you made, like, a show that was, like, three times too long, and you <laughs> cut the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it does seem like an episode that that just had too much in the pot. This had to be the big Archie Betty kiss. This had to be the big videotape return. And, oh, we, we got the Hedwig rights. Let's make something really good out of it. And it the, the pot overflowed. And well, all of it suffered... But the thing that suffered most was, you know, the selling point, was the pitch that was given to us, the viewers. If they really wanted this to be the whole Betty Archie thing, Mm -hmm. granted, I didn't like Origins of Love, (laughs) but they could have done that. They could have had them have the kiss. Did they need to do the next scene of them dancing (laughs) in her bedroom in this fantasy thing? No. Mm Mm-hmm. That could have been something they saved for the next episode of them dealing with the fallout of yeah. what did we just do to ourselves? Yeah. It could have been them being like, well, fuck, we have to get through this variety show. We have to get through the situation. Yeah. With our friends. Yeah. We have to support Kevin. We have yeah. to do this thing. And then yeah, there's next- no scene. There's no scene about them like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. We are. We have to like play nice and play music with our partners now. What the fuck? What the fuck? That would have been much stronger choice. Right? And I'm kind of like, why didn't you drag out that? 
or more or even like a moment where they're already doing it they haven't had a chance to have that scene and like there's a, a meaningful like what the fuck glance between the two of them yeah that would have been something and then it would have opened up time mm-hmm. for them to do things that they were setting up and then just ignored yeah what they put in wasn't necessary in the contact like in the amount mm-hmm. like i get it you want to set this up you need to do it only so many episodes left, even less than they thought. Yeah. I mean, who knows if may, maybe the season gets truncated because of the, the interruption in filming. I don't know. Probably at this point. It, it, probably at this point, honestly. Um, it's really a shame because, like, again, that, that scene with Kevin and everyone there and cheering him on in the music room, like, it was... It was fun. Yes, that was great. It was enjoyable. It was really also great to, like, see everyone coming, even though, like, oh my God, you do not understand how, like adult systems of education work (laughs) but it was nice seeing everyone come together as like Mm -hmm. friends and support each other Mm -hmm. you know that's one of the things throughout this whole season we've talked about is like people don't come together Mm -hmm. you don't see everyone and like this is a great chance to bring everyone together even the scene in the lounge where archie announces the name of the archies yeah was a great example of that that's what we've been missing all year exactly yeah i knew going into this i had a lot of expectations because of the musical because Mm -hmm. of the plot we knew, but I really, really feel like they fucked this one up <laughs> so hard. compared to their other ones. Once they're going to be like two or three songs in a row with no Kevin in it, you just notice, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. This, yeah. this has been on a downward slide and now I perceive it. Oh, shit. It's not coming back, is it? And then it, it doesn't. It just doesn't. And it just, yeah, it was just like, okay, oh, no, no. <laughs> wow, we are really doing this. This, we have committed to really saying Kevin is not important. Yeah. And that's what drives me nuts is he said it. (laughs) The character, you fucking wrote the line for the character. And then you're like, yeah, no. What? What I think the problem with this episode there is... There wasn't even a moment with his dad. Yes. He, he shows up in the there. opening number, and that's the end. And it pisses of, me off, because, like, Keller has always been really supportive of Kevin. He's absolutely. always made an appearance, like, in Carrie. He was backstage, like, giving, mm-hmm. like, Kevin, like, a little, like, yeah, you got Aww. this. Like, there's always been something. Also, with these early season callbacks, what if Kevin was doing were doing the keyboards in his uh, uh, blue tuxedo with the neck rough? Yeah. That would have been cool. Well, and, like, can you imagine if they would have done, like, a scene where it's, as I said, like, him and Fang's, like, making the costume. And, like, his dad comes and, like, has. He he brings them some fucking pops like everybody else does. It's the only sign of affection in town just to bring someone pops. Or, like, oh, I got you guys a snack. Yeah. And I brought you some more glue. It seemed like you were running low. Like, I know it's a lot to ask for, but that would be such, like, a great scene. Mm -hmm. It does not, like, that's what their relationship is. Other characters get these moments with their families. Where where I think this episode went wrong in the conceptual stage uh, is right where Kevin has to insist, and and Cheryl backs him up in her scene later, that it's not niche. Let it be niche. It's okay that it's niche. Yeah. Niche things are are good sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Who fucking cares? Like, the, the problem with this episode is the tension between a queer story and a commercial story that, that plays at queerness. Mm-hmm. That, that is where uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch and Riverdale are not compatible. Yeah. And, and by trying to put them together, I, I think you've really uh, shown it in clear relief. I mean, Kevin becoming a prop in a story about mm-hmm. his own struggle. Yeah. They're, this was a moment to mm-hmm. not shy away from his story, from these challenges, from these characters. Mm-hmm. 
And they did. No, he just drifts in the back and plays keys. He's like, no, let it <laughs> let it be front and center. That's head Hedwig, the whole thing is in your face. Yeah. This is in your face with what the struggle is, what is going on. Thing we talked about in the last episode is like, like Hedwig, the character, is not a nice person. No, it's no. very like she is dark. F- she is full of pain and she passes that pain on to the others in her life. Yeah. She's she's not nice. Well, and this is <laughs> but, but you love her anyway because you follow and you understand and it's honest and it's brutal and it's true. Yeah. Whereas uh uh the, the queer experience in Riverdale is very yes queen. Yeah. It, it's it's you know, Katy Perry anthems, but with a little more edge. Wait, and here's a... Th- but commercial-friendly edge that we can still sell Revlon with. The teenage experience. <laughs> Usually teenagers are not nice. They are not good people. No. They push people away. They do shitty things. Yeah. They learn. And, and this is the perfect time to, like, take that on of, like, what people are dealing with. And and to, to, to bag on the uh, uh, exquisite corpse number again. Mm-hmm. Like the... the burp. <laughs> <laughs> you said burp. You didn't actually burp, but you went burp. <laughs> Did anything actually happen? No. No, you just literally like hit your chest and said burp. <laughs> Are you okay? No. <laughs> but okay, th- this exquisite corpse, this this panicked like identity crisis, you know, panic attack of a song, mm-hmm. and uh, the the wicked little town reprise that is about you know coming to terms with your own shortcomings in life, but also giving someone permission to to go beyond their own pain. Well, now those are just songs about liking two boys at the same time. Oh, no. Like, fuck. fuck. What the fuck are you doing? I like the show. I really enjoyed watching this episode. I missed I missed uh, watching the show, taking notes, making this show about yeah. it for the past, like, what, six weeks? Yes. And, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it again. But those elements just really show where it's not what it is. Could be. It's not what it plays at being. It's yeah. not what it tries to, to sell you car insurance by pretending to be. It's really awful that so many people involved in this show talk about how much they love this musical. Mm-hmm. And they miss the point of it so much. I, I don't doubt they get it. I doubt they were ever able, within the framework of commercial network television, yes. to do it justice. And I guess I was very optimistic and hopeful that they could. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact, like, if you knew that you weren't going to be able to do more than what that was, mm-hmm. you should have never thought to do it. <laughs> you should have been like, you know, I had this idea, but I knew we weren't going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Or, so uh, let's not. Or, like, I would not be this hard on it if they just carried the premise the, the premise of the first 20 minutes through the full 60. Yeah. I don't think that's asking too much. As again, as I said, if they would have gotten rid of the reprise, yeah, yeah, and exchanged that for something with Kevin, mm-hmm. it would be, I feel like, a different ballpark we've been we would be playing in right now. Yeah, of the overall feelings of this episode, mm-hmm. there would still be problems, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that would have been like a saving grace if that, and then changing the ending, mm-hmm. switching Veronica and Kevin, yeah. 
allowing Kevin to have a moment, mm-hmm. letting him sing half of that freaking last song or something, even just the lift, like something. Those two changes would have done so much. I got to go back to the, the roll call part of Midnight Radio. Yeah. Because those names, weird. those names are foundational, powerful women. Mm-hmm weirdo outcasts who who made stuff that that challenged the status quo and instead to fill those slots with the names of you and your besties is so self-congratulatory it's it's masturbatory and And maybe that's honestly honest to the teenage experience you want to talk about your friends that you've been with forever through thick and thin i get it but after the the bad taste that was left in my mouth up to that point in the episode is just fucking bad well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't those women very strong figures in the drag world? I would say Aretha Franklin has a following in the drag world. <laughs> Which is where, you know, this musical started. It had its yeah. origins. Like, I've always kind of thought that's part of the reason why. Like, these are the the women mm-hmm. that a lot of people, like, start with. If that makes sense? Yeah. I mean, Patti Smith, not so much as, say, uh, uh, Judy Garland. Yeah. But... <laughs> but I mean, like, they're, they're very strong women, but then there's also... And some not so much, like, done in that world. But other... Some yeah. of the ones mentioned are. Mm-hmm. Not only does it, like, turn into this thing of, like, look at us, but it's the fact, like, you're missing out on the cultural and the what that means to these characters yeah. within the show and why this song is, like... That's sung when um, Itzhak comes out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of like the, I mean, depending on the timing, yeah. you know, dressing rooms are different places. But, but it yeah. leads in yeah, 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 to Itzhak yeah. becoming, who, you know, out yeah. as... Itzhak being allowed to do drag again yes. and coming out in a big sequined... Yes. Yeah. That's part of why it rubs me so wrong. It's like, that's <laughs> all connected. There's all a reason why it's those names and those people. Also, that everybody else is getting shouted out by one of their friends, but then Kevin is left alone to say, and me... Right? No, no one's yelling about Kevin. Like, if, if the whole Le Bonnui was like, and Kevin! Well, that would kind of suck because he would have no individual lines in that song, I don't think. But okay. it would be something. People would be giving Kevin respect. Because yes. Well, if they would have, again, so it allowed him to sing more stuff at the beginning of that song. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, everyone does that. Mm-hmm. That would be, gr- be such a beautiful moment of everyone being like, we got your back. Mm-hmm. We support you. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. Such an easy change. You know what else is an easy change? Having an insert scene of, like, breaking chains off of a door and doing it in the fucking school auditorium. How cool would Make it, it civil disobedience. Fuck the man. How cool would it have been if, if when they ran out of pops, mm-hmm. they were then suddenly They occupied in. the school? Yeah. Yes. Or they were even on the roof of the school. Yeah. They don't even need to be inside, but, mm-hmm. like, there. And that's why Principal like Principal Honey comes out or whatever. You yeah. think he's going to like call the cops and be like, get out. But he doesn't. Nothing Principal Honey does is challenged. Nothing is, is okay, he's personally challenged, but everything he says goes. Yeah. There, there is no actual resistance to him. There's just people playing a lot of dress up in the halls. Fight the man. Civil disobedience, people. <laughs> Have you learned nothing in this time? I mean, yeah, you, you slammed a bunch of live bees on his desk. Come on. <laughs> You can use the school, even if he says not to. What's he going to do? Well, and it's not like we haven't challenged power structures before. Exactly. Why Why are we pussyfooting this time, of all times? Exactly. We had a whole episode where they broke into the school nightly. Right? Come on. <laughs> that, that did kill the vice principal. Maybe that's why they're reticent. 
Do you have any more thoughts to put out? I think I've said all my thoughts in the past hour and whatever. I think we should probably move on then. We should probably stop yelling. I have no predictions. Do you? Love Square. Love Square. Uh, what do you call it when it's just two people? I guess just cheating. <laughs> it's just cheating. We're going to deal with cheating. That's going to be a big prediction. I'm also going to skip uh, check your sources for time, even though I'm really excited about the one that's next on the list. Okay. So next time. I'll try not to yell so much next time. <laughs> this was a special case. So instead, let's talk about what we know is coming next week. Cheating. Uh, chapter 75 airing in two weeks time. Yeah, that's weird. That's a new one. I guess they... Okay, here's my prediction. They definitely aren't going back to filming, and they're spreading out mm -hmm. what's left mm -hmm. of what's been filmed. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I was on the fence about that idea until we saw that we're skipping another week. Yeah. They are definitely spreading it out. They're not going to go back to filming this year. April 29th, then, we will be getting Chapter 75 titled Lynchian, which is not a movie. That's three in a row for those keeping score yeah. at home. Is it anything? It's an adjective. Oh. Of or relating to David Lynch or his directorial trademarks. Lynchian. You know, that fits with the masks and that last bit of footage. Yeah, yeah. I can see it being some weird shit. The trailer, I will say, is one of my favorite trailers in the entire <laughs> run of the show. They just made half of their fan base cry. This is, um, they, they've done it again. I think even this season it was, but it is a single unbroken yeah, scene. They did or it this season. Un unbroken to our eyes. We'll see when we see the real thing play out. Yeah. But it is. So <laughs> There's just like this mist hitting me. <laughs> but it's Betty and Archie laying side by side in the sex hole, right? Yep. Yeah. They're in the sex hole. In they're the on sex the hole, on the cot. This full-size mattress cot talking about what they weren't talking about this episode. What happened and where do we go from here? And there's well, no, a... He, she's like, why are we here? Yeah. I don't know. But is it a bad thing? And like Archie's hand reaches between them and they slowly hold hands in tight close-up uh, between, you know, their side-by-side -side hips, uh, uh, framing the frame. Twin mattress. Yeah. Very high school. I mean, I, I love a trailer that calls attention to itself. I love a trailer that isn't flash, 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 mm -hmm. guns, drugs, boobs. It's just a piece of it. And it's the piece that people are most excited to see. You know what everybody's going to talk about? Well, maybe Kevin being turned into a prop in a story that was supposed to be about him. But also the kiss, the barchi, the cheating. It's what people want to know going forward. Well, this is why I said half the fan base is like... Yeah, yeah. Considering their demise right now, they are crushed. Never, never, fucking never look at the mentions of anybody involved in the production of this show. It's a minefield. It's fucking hell out there. This is why people go off social media. And Here's the thing. I have very strong opinions, obviously. I've <laughs> yelled at a mic for two hours. Yeah. Am I going to contact any creator or member of this show about it? No. You know why? Because they're people. There is at least one that listens to this show. I still believe I, that in my I heart. I think there's like a handful of them that do like wine night and listen to us. <laughs> one Look, day when the show ends, we are going to get a piece of fan mail. Let me just say, I know you did your best. I know there were a lot, a lot of conflicting influences and you only had 42 minutes to work with. I get that. I was let down in the end, but I know it's not your fault. <laughs> The ones above you, they get paid more. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the trailer. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. 
I assume we're going to deal with uh, the tapes. Yeah. But we don't get anything about the tapes. Right, right. Again, having foregone all our segments for time, uh, that's all we really have to say new. Uh, So let's do the the final business. Yeah. So uh, if you like me yelling at you, (laughs) uh, you can leave us a rating and review. Please do that on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever else gives you the option. You can also tell a friend. Uh, Now, during this time of social distancing, a lot of people have time on their hands. That's what I'm told. I've honestly been listening to less podcasts personally. I've been really freaking busy, actually, (laughs) myself. I am told people have time. I don't, but um, if you do... You could do a little, like, meet up with your friends. Podcast exchange. You guys can both, like, listen at the same time or, and know, chat each other. Rec exchange. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Mm-hmm. If you want to see some messed up fucking teens that in a story that has the courage of its convictions, I would recommend going to sixfeetsunder.com and looking at the recently completed Monster Hearts 2 miniseries. Uh-huh. It's eight episodes of an actual play show that I participated in as a player, along with some really, really talented uh, uh, people. And uh, I'm so, so proud of how it turned out now that it's all finished. I really urge people to go check that out. I love it dearly. You should do that. And anyhow, with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie, the me, me, me's. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, with me. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me. And you got me. And you got me. Break it down, would you please?